Welcome to Smash Pieces, a casual walk through the history of the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate roster. My name is Joe. And my name is Matt. And if you're new here, what we are doing on this show is we are playing one game for every character in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate from 1984's Duck Hunt to 1984's Duck Hunt. <laughs> and today's game is representing fighter number 458, Master Chief. It's the 2001 Xbox game, Halo Combat Evolved. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still losing my shit over <laughs> We never left 1984. <laughs> That's the only year that exists. Just gonna break kayfabe immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so, Halo though. Halo. It's so a I game. Uh, I played Halo when I was a kid, actually. This is the first game I ever played on a non-Nintendo system. Uh, in elementary school, when you are not supposed to be playing Halo, uh, one of my friends had an Xbox and played through the whole campaign and a little bit of the multiplayer. Uh, so this was your first time ever playing it, right? I think I played like 15 minutes of Halo 3 at one point, but that's the closest I had ever come. Yeah. And so uh, this came to us with the, the blessing of Xbox Game Pass. Blessed may it be. Uh, Man, I it, sure hope it hasn't completely shat the bed since <laughs> once this goes up. Uh, so yeah, Halo was one of the most influential first-person shooters of all time. I would say it's the most influential first-person shooter of all time. I think uh, the only games that would come close to it are probably the original Counter-Strike and Goldeneye. Yeah, um, it is, it, Halo is the template for every first-person shooter that came afterwards. It was the first dual analog shooter of note. Um, maybe, was it the first ever? I don't even know for certain. You can technically play Goldeneye with dual analog sticks, but you need two N64 controllers. So yeah. why would you ever? And so, like, actually, as a, a, a part of development trivia, uh, Halo was originally supposed to be... Uh, a computer game, a Mac game specifically. Yes, you may you may note that I did not say PC game, uh, because Bungie was a Mac developer at the time. I think that Marathon, their previous game, was Mac exclusive. And in fact, the first time Halo was ever shown to the public was at an Apple conference. Yeah. So, and then eventually they got bought by Microsoft, and well, they didn't get bought by Microsoft. I think the IP. Uh, got bought by Microsoft, and Bungie was just kind of in this. Now I don't know for sure, but there, for, there was some very direct relationship between Bungie and Microsoft, and Halo was the killer app for the original Xbox. Yeah, and it, uh, it was a hell of a killer app, honestly. It's the reason the Xbox won. Well, the Xbox didn't win that console generation, did it? Now that I think about it, that was the PlayStation 2. <laughs> Yeah, PlayStation but, Two fucking handily won that one, but it it it's the reason why the Xbox was successful. Yeah, and for a newcomer to the console game, coming in with something like Halo is a big deal. And then we haven't played this one yet, but Halo Two would go on to be sort of the first big online console multiplayer game as well. Um, the Halo franchise is extremely important. In terms of the video game industry. Uh, yeah, without, and, without Halo 2, there is no Xbox Live. 
essentially. Yeah. And while uh, while Halo 1, Halo Combat Evolved, has not held up perfectly over the years, I think by and large it is still pretty good. Not perfect, but it's it's still a great game to play today. And would you, someone who just played it for the first time, agree with that? I mean, so my experience with shooters is a little weird because I don't love shooters all that much. Uh, there are exceptions, obviously. Like, I like uh, the Resident Evil series, which, I mean, that's not technically a shooter, but it has shooter elements. Uh, but for the most part, just I don't play a lot of shooters because I didn't grow up on them. I think the first actual first-person shooter I ever really sat down and played was probably Half-Life 2 <laughs> as an adult. Yeah. And I, I think I remember the first time that you played that. That would have been around, like, 2012, 2013, something like that? I think I think so. Uh, and so, like, because I didn't have an Xbox. Uh, I, In fact, the Xbox I bought basically to play Banjo is the first Xbox anything outside of a single controller that I have owned for less than a year uh, that's it's the first Xbox anything I've ever owned, essentially. So I did not have an Xbox. I had friends with Xboxes, and I, I uh, saw some of their stuff there, but like didn't play Halo, didn't play PC first-person shooters. I guess technically Portal kind of counts, but not really. That would have been the first like first-person-like shooter that I would have played. So I don't have the connection that a lot of people have to the genre. Like, I wasn't allowed to play Goldeneye. Goldeneye had guns in it, so I wasn't allowed to play it, uh, even though my uncle owned a copy. And so, going back to Halo, I think for the most part, the most fun, the reason I had fun with it was because we were playing co-op. It was me and you playing the whole thing co-op, and being fucking idiots and driving warthogs off cliffs and and like dive bombing ghosts <laughs> and banshees and shit and i think that was one of the main reasons i think there are parts of it that i really like uh i like the flood i think the flood is interesting but for the most part it just sort of i don't know I'm looking forward to playing more of it, but again, I think the main draw is because we were playing co-op that made it a lot more fun, and I don't really know if I would have finished the game had we not been playing in co-op. Yeah, and, and I think that Halo is a fantastic co-op game at that. Um, I think one of the best things about the franchise is that every single game can be played beginning to end in co-op, um, which I think eventually they leaned a little too hard into for Halo 5, but... It's it definitely makes the game a little more special because it is something that you can you can play with your friends uh, and it makes everything that happens in it more memorable to I mean to this day from the first time that I played Halo in elementary school. I can remember some of the things that happened during that co-op playthrough um, and like speaking of the flood in their introduction like my friend obviously it was his xbox he had played halo before so like he was he was messing with me like in the level leading up to the flood reveal where it's like he would say these cryptic things that like kind of set up the the tone and at one point like was copying the dialogue that would eventually be in 
like the uh, the cutscene that revealed the flood to like sort of make it creepier stuff like that. Like, I, I partially Halo is an experience that is made by the people you play it with, and <clears throat> every time I've played it with someone new, there has been some new memorable experience that I've had with it, and this would be the fourth or fifth time that I've played it with co-op with someone else. And it's, it's, it feels really cool to me that I can still have these new experiences with it. What's my memorable experience? Uh, probably it was in the second level when, uh, you decided to drive, uh, at you, you've mentioned this experience many times. In fact, you decided that you wanted to drive, and uh, you decided to to drive straight towards a cliff. Did some sick drift to narrowly avoid <laughs> falling off the tr- the cliff. Uh, totally recovered, and then started backing up straight off the cliff. <laughs> I don't remember that at all, but that sounds like something <laughs> I would do. Uh, I I remember sort of doing a song at one point when we got into the warthog uh and i don't remember why i decided this song but i still remember what the song was which was how many war crimes can i commit with this humvee the answer might surprise you and that's the, that's the thing that i remember the most i think uh, yeah that or trying to get that ghost up <laughs> that ramp was really good oh yeah and you kept killing me and i kept backing up and killing you over and over again Uh, not a lot of great vehicle experiences with you but hey i had great vehicle experiences (laughs) what are you talking about so another part of like how halo was so influential uh was also kind of like it's it's world and story um, and I don't think like I don't think the story of Halo One was particularly unique. I think it's really cool how it swerves into like being like a pseudo horror game for a little bit. I think that the flood reveal is really cool, but overall the actual plot of Halo One is very simple. But sort of the presentation, um, it was totally unique for shooters at the time, uh, where the it, the first level on uh, the Pillar of Autumn, uh, it's it's corridors on a spaceship. It's everything you would expect from a sci-fi shooter. And then you land on Halo's surface and it's like almost like open world levels. It's not really open world. It's still very linear, but it does kind of a very good job of tricking you into thinking that it's open. It's out. It's out in the open, which was something that was largely unheard of for first person shooters at the time. Yeah, and like I, I think GoldenEye is the only game that's really done anything like that before Halo, as far as shooters go. And even then, for GoldenEye, like it had to, like it, 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 it had to have very simple graphics. There was a lot of fog everywhere, and Halo, you can see from one end of the of a canyon to the other. It was, it was a huge, a huge moment of like this is what video games can do now in in the next generation in two thousand one. And I can I can see I can definitely see how that would have been like a big moment of like whoa uh I don't remember what my <laughs> first experience with that would have been I wonder hmm I don't know uh but yeah it 
it is definitely there is no getting around the fact that uh without halo the games industry would probably look a lot different call of duty probably would never have taken like gotten to the point where it could take off as hard as it could if halo was not a thing yeah call call of duty definitely took a lot uh of influence from halo like i'm pretty sure call of duty was already a franchise at this point no it's call of duty started in 2003 um Mm. but also call of duty changed a lot over the years well yeah because it started as world war ii games and then yeah became the modern day shit that we know now yeah and eventually it got sort of sci-fi which was definitely taking a lot from halo around the same time that halo just started to turn into call of duty with halo 4 funny how that cycle works Mm. Uh, and i think that's a good time for us to bring up the fact that specifically we played on the master chief collection this is correct like you said through game pass yes and so while halo 1 was developed by bungie uh this the Master Chief Collection was made by 343 Studios, and the version in the Master Chief Collection is a port of the PC port that was made by Gearbox. So this is kind of like just so many things going on to get this game to run on an Xbox One. And we had a time getting that to work, huh? Yeah, because we originally tried it on PC, and then it just wouldn't fucking connect. It would not let us play together. Just wouldn't do it we we tried for like two weeks to get it to work and then like i bought an xbox one and you borrowed an xbox one for banjo and we were like let's try it on that and then it finally fucking worked i had to buy an xbox for it to work it is insane to me that uh, 343 studios not only kind of dropped the ball on the master chief collection but they did it twice because the Master Chief Collection, when it originally came out on Xbox One, was a completely broken mess and stayed that way for multiple years until Halo 5 was about to come out and they needed some good press. So out of nowhere, a patch for, came out for the Master Chief Collection. <sighs> Just fucking. This is like one of your this is your flagship franchise, guys. Come on. You named your studio after a thing in this franchise. <laughs> Come on. It just, it boggles my mind. It is absolutely insane. Um, and it's kind of funny, given uh, specifically the character that they named their studio after. Uh, which is 343 Guilty Spark, who's kind of not a great guy. He's kind of one of the antagonists of the game. I would go on to say that he is the ultimate antagonist of Halo 1. More or less. I would not go on to I would not go so far as to say that he is evil though because of the Well, you don't have to be evil to be an antagonist. Yes. But that's where kind of like the twist comes in. And so there there are two twists in this game. Uh, the first one being the flood and the second one being the nature of the Halo ring. Uh did did you know about uh either of those or both of them going in? I know about both of them, yes. Okay. Those are those are just there was very little in this game that could surprise me. Like it's one of those games where through osmosis I knew a lot about the first game at the very least. Yeah. And I would say those two things are probably the most notable parts of Halo 1. Uh like again, uh it like Halo 1 specifically is kind of what I'm talking about because like 
the expanded universe and later games would go on to flesh out the Covenant a lot and make them more interesting. But in Halo 1, they're just kind of big aliens that you shoot. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, there's not much to them. Uh, they're they're kind of generic. And in fact, uh, in Master Chief Collection, you could switch between graphics, uh, the original graphics and the new upgraded Master Chief Collection graphics. And I guess you were saying that, like, this this brought it in line with the rest of the series. But man, the original aesthetic for the Covenant ships looked a lot better, a lot more unique, a lot less generic sci-fi alien aesthetic. I would say that I don't necessarily think the, the modern Covenant aesthetic is super generic, um, but you definitely don't see its more interesting stuff until later games in the franchise. Um, which I, I'm, I'm kind of like hoping that like you do end up playing the rest of the franchise as well, at least uh, up through three, because I think it'd be, be cool to see the covenant become these much more interesting characters that they do eventually. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the arbiter, um, who he's one of the elites, uh, who is honestly probably the most interesting character in the whole game series. Yeah. That character from killer instinct. It was a crossover. Yeah. Uh. He's in he's in KI, which I've I haven't played as him, but I know that he's in KI, and I know he is voiced by Keith David. Yes, like holy shit, they got Keith David for Halo Two. So those those things I know, I know that uh, everybody really loves the Arbiter. But yeah, I I just I think Halo One is a a pretty neat adventure, uh, and I I like the game a lot, uh, and I and I still like Halo to this day. For the most part, um, I kind of haven't really played the games by 343, but I've played uh, I've played all of the original Bungie games and like I still I play the Master Chief Collection online a lot today. Um, and I'm like cautiously hoping that Halo Infinite will be good, even though I'm not totally sure it will be. I mean, hasn't been super encouraging, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. No, but I can hope. Uh, but yeah, Halo, it's 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 such a huge franchise, and it's Halo Three was one of the most hyped and popular releases ever, and I I think it earned that reputation. Uh, I think Halo One was was it, it was enough of a revolutionary game that it it really it did change the industry a lot, and I think it was really that good at the time. To the point that I still think it's good now, and it only gets better from here. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes from here, but uh, it's going to have to be in co-op, because <laughs> I don't have a huge amount of interest. Also, I can be carried in co-op, and that's important to me. <laughs> Do you have any particular parts of the game that like stood out to you? I mean, mainly the Flood. The, the introduction of the Flood was, was kind of cool. Uh, the library sucks. I was warned that it would suck beforehand, but the library sucks. Library is pretty bad. Uh, it's it's a bad it's a bad level. Uh, just it feels like a Left for Dead level in a game that was not designed for a Left for Dead level. It's also just so slow. Yeah, there's a lot of waiting around in the library, and it's just it's it's not good. It's not a good level. Uh, but it, it from the sound of it, that is not. A unique opinion that is just the generally considered opinion in general. 
definitely not unique. <laughs> but that's that's really that's honestly it. Like I don't know. It it doesn't feel as impactful today. It's kind of the same as you look at if if you were playing Mario 64 for the first time in 2020 and you're like, I mean, this is good, I guess, but like this is the game everybody's made a huge deal out of? Like, is really? I think that's a really good comparison. Um, because... Because both games were equally... Like, I would say both games are... Well, maybe not equally. I think Mario 64 still trumps it because it changed literally the whole industry and not just one genre. Because Halo really only affected, like, uh, shooters. first-person shooters. Yeah. And then also uh, online multiplayer on consoles... Uh, was a big innovation, like you said. Uh, while Mario 64 was like, hey, 3D games don't have to suck. What if we made yeah. 3D games? Uh, but I think they're I think they're fairly close in terms of impact still. And so it it just has that like, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it's fine. Yeah, and I think I I think that's a really good comparison as well because um neither one of those games is really looked back as like the best one in the franchise. Um, like, like Halo eventually had Halo two, which is generally the, the favorite. And then Mario had super Mario sunshine, which absolutely no one hates. Yeah, definitely. There's nobody that hates Mario sunshine and there's nobody that thinks that Mario 64 is the best <laughs> Mario 3d game. But but like like actually like to be serious like I, I think overall I see more people praise like Galaxy nowadays uh, as 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 being the favorite one over sixty four and and even some people prefer Odyssey now. So um, well, because sixty four much like Halo, it it comes with the baggage of it didn't have a playbook to write from or to yeah. pull from. It wrote the playbook. So both of the both of these games are kind of like they're the first of their kind for better or for worse. Yeah, I that's that's a pretty accurate way to sum it up. Um, and it's uh, I, I still do like Halo one and I think it's the it's the easiest one to just kind of pick up and play because it is just kind of that simple adventure. You know, you go down, you kill some evil aliens, you blow up the place and then you, you save the day, you're good to go. But it it definitely is superseded by its sequels. And again, I'm looking forward to looking into them. But yeah, I don't really have any other thoughts other than the needler is cool. It's a cool weapon. Oh, the, like needler the needler is, is probably the coolest weapon in the game, and it's a really, it's a really unique weapon too. Yeah, it's the only one that's not just you get a gun. It's a gun that does the shoot. Bang. Yeah, there's there's no real life equivalent to it, and even a lot of the other covenant weapons are just like this regular human weapon, but now it's alien. Now it shoots energy, not bullet. Yeah, but the needler is very unique. Uh definitely the most unique gun in halo one and still the coolest in the whole franchise especially that sick melee animation yeah that melee a lot of the melee animations are, are pretty interesting though they're very slow all of them are really slow uh i don't i don't know if i would say that i think it's just it, it's got a bit of a cool down so that you can't just spam them 
Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm used to I'm used to first person shooters having melee. That's like, oh God, you're in close quarters. Spam the melee attack. Uh, and so it was really weird to have this one be like, I swung it. All right, let's reposition the gun back into the hand. All right. The melee attacks in Halo are more finishing moves, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they make a lot more sense like that. And they they're, they hit a little harder than most melee attacks and shooters do, I think, too. But yeah, that's that's really all I've got. Mm-hmm. I don't got anything else, personally. Yeah, it's it's a lot of nostalgia for me for this one. Um, but... I, I still I still think it's a it's a pretty good game, uh, but the thing that definitely caught your interest more uh, was the soundtrack. I wouldn't say caught my interest more. Uh, I have a couple of songs that that stick out to me because I mean obviously like Martin O'Donnell. The thing that is more specifically made for you then. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, like there's the Halo theme. Like, come on. So I told this story on, I've told this story on a podcast and on Twitter, (laughs) but I have to continue giving my past self shit because it's important to me that you listening, if you happen to be of the younger persuasion, first of all, do your parents (laughs) know you're listening to this podcast? We say fuck a lot. Uh, (laughs) But, uh. If you are of the younger persuasion and you are listening to this show, don't make the same mistakes I did. Uh, So I was in orchestra as a child, as a teenager, pretty much from like, I think I started in fourth grade and then all the way to my senior year in high school, I was in, I was in orchestra and my junior year in high school, uh, the teacher brought in sheet music of the video games live rendition of the halo theme now the halo theme is is a very good piece it's one of the more iconic uh main themes of any game that's ever been written in general but i didn't have an xbox and i was one of those kids that was like first person shooters like halo those aren't real gamers i am real gamer i play mario um because I was a shitty kid and I was stupid. Uh, side note, if you ever have a thought of like, that's not real video games, you're being a shitty kid, stop it. And so I, in my in my uh, assumption that because I didn't know Halo and I didn't play Halo, well, the music must be bad. Because again, I was a fucking idiot. And... <laughs> So what I did was I went home and I put 50 other game songs on a flash drive and wrote a description of every single one and hand delivered that to my profe- to my teacher. We didn't play any video game songs that year. Uh, and obviously now I know that that was a stupid idiot mistake. Kids, don't be like me. 
all video games are real video games, and the Halo soundtrack is pretty alright. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> uh, but the... Yeah, the, the the soundtrack is a big part of Halo's identity. Um, it was uh, by Marty O'Donnell and uh, Michael Salvatore. Um, and it also is a big way that it's kind of unlike other shooters, uh, where other shooters tend to go like towards like the, the metal or rock angle for their soundtrack. There's, or just there's a no lot of soundtrack at all. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of orchestra and choir in Halo, and there's some rock here and there. Um, there is an entire song called Rock Anthem for Saving the World. But you also have like a lot of more ambient pieces. Like there's the song that I believe plays uh, at the beginning of the third mission, uh, Under Cover of Night. And like this, this is a song that definitely has a more subdued tone to it while still like pushing the energy forward for the fights that are going on. And that is the energy that Halo tends to go for. It tends to have a lot of contrast between its subtler songs compared to its harder rock themes that are for like the big climax moments. It gives this cinematic push and pull to the tone as you go through the different levels. I I agree. This is a, it's like a really neat sort of, it's not really atmospheric, I guess, isn't the word I would use, but I can't imagine how else I would describe it. Like, I think subdued, I think you're right. I think subdued is the best, the best word to describe it. I, I do dig that song a lot. Uh, the other song that really sort of springs to mind, I guess, is Devil's Monsters. This is, of course, the Flood theme. Uh, I think it's it's an interesting sort of like you said it sort of becomes a horror ish adjacent game when the flood become involved uh, and i think this song sort of reflects that very very well yeah this song the feel of this song does a lot to like kind of make you feel uneasy um like you're not on solid footing which is great for like the the halfway point reveal of the flood uh, because it definitely changes the the premise that's going on a lot. Yeah, I think the only other song that really stands out to me in general is On a Pale Horse. I don't know where it plays. Uh, you provided a resource to figure out where it plays, and I did not use it because of who I am as a person. Uh, this one is uh, in the Assault on the Control Room 
level. Uh, mm. It's when you uh, get into a banshee for the first time. Ah, well, this does have that explains why this has sort of a flighty feel to it. Yeah, it's definitely very airy. There's not a lot of, per- of percussion in it, if there's any percussion. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good piece. Like this soundtrack is overall pretty good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the song uh, Covenant Dance. It's a song that it, it kind of feels a little bit like the main theme, though it never like breaks into that main melody. Uh, and this is, uh, is uh, I mean, obviously it's the name Covenant Dance. Uh, it's a big Covenant fight song. Uh, and it, it tends to be like when you're fighting off against uh, a lot of a lot of Covenant or, or sometimes flood units. Um, and I think it's it's a great song at like building that tension and making you feel like. Uh, a, a powerful enemy is against you. Yeah, I do remember hearing this song quite a bit. I like the sort of focus on percussion. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like interesting how like our, the two songs that we chose, like one of them is like very interesting for how little percussion it uses. And the other is very interesting for its heavy focus on percussion. It's that contrast I was talking about. Contrast. So uh, I think. That's about all I have to say about Halo. Yeah, it's a good game. I think people should play it. Yeah, you you should play it. You should also just get Game Pass because it's actually a really good value. We are not sponsored to say that, but if Microsoft wanted to sponsor us, they probably wouldn't because we're a Nintendo podcast and we're definitely seriously doing an episode about Halo uh, for no other reason other than master uh, master chief said smash definitely i mean there are there are two i'll break kayfabe for a moment here there are actually two games on our list that are microsoft games that's true but by the time they hear this one of them's already over (laughs) so i i got nothing else to say i think i think that about covers it yeah all right so We should uh, go ahead and jump into our next game then. And that game is representing fighter number 52, Epsilon Geno. It's the 1996 Super Nintendo game, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars. You know, I know remarkably little about this game, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you know, kind of same. I think I played like two hours of it on stream at one point, like a long time ago. I know it has some some features that I really dig, such as the fact that when you die, you don't lose your experience. That's pretty cool. The only real knowledge I have of this game uh, is like, number one, it has like timed hits, which was the, uh, the precursor to action commands in Paper Mario. And, like, number two, there were some characters for it in, like, a Flash animation parody of Dragon Ball Z with Mario and Sonic called Super Mario Brothers Z. Yeah, the Axel Rangers. That's the only way I knew that those characters existed. But otherwise, this game has, like, kind of stayed off my radar. I feel like I don't hear about this game at all outside of the context of Geno in Smash. 
Uh, that's because Paper Mario has completely overshadowed it. Uh, even though it is, like, a really interesting game from, like, a, an existence standpoint, because obviously this game was made in partnership with Square. Like, that's crazy. Square was one of the bigger names. I mean, I guess is still one of the bigger names of the Japanese industry at this point, because Final Fantasy Fever was, like, just ramping up. Yeah, this this was a, a, a huge time for Square. So, like, having them collaborate with Nintendo on a game like this, like, I can only imagine that it must have been a huge deal. And yet the game still didn't come out in Europe. Yeah, well, it didn't come out in Europe specifically because the Nintendo 64 was literally about to come out, and they didn't see the point. That's <laughs> true, this is actually a really late Super Nintendo game. Yeah, uh, Wasn't it was... Wasn't the 64 already out, actually? I don't think so. It might have been, but... Uh, oh, yeah, I think you're right, because... Uh, it came out the same year. Okay. Uh, it might not have been out-out at that point. Let's see, Super Mario 64, when did that come out? Because it would have been the same day. So... Uh, I'm seeing June 23rd, 1996 in Japan. Yeah, the Nintendo 64 came out in June of 1996. This game came out in March of 1996. So very close, then. Like, two months apart from the release of the Nintendo 64. Although, in fairness, the uh, 64 didn't come out in Europe until a full year after Mario RPG launched in Japan. This is correct. Uh, and it was... So yeah, this game was gonna come out in Europe, I believe. Uh, and the story was Nintendo of Europe looked at looked at it and said, the Nintendo 64 is literally about to come out. Why would we bother localizing this game? Why would we put the money into localizing this game when everybody's going to be focused on the new hotness? Uh, so it just didn't come out in Europe until it was put on... Uh, I believe it was put on Virtual Console in Europe. Eventually. Yeah, that was that was the first time. Uh, Twelve years later, I think it was. Yeah. So, like... The thing with this game is it's very interesting from a, like, existence standpoint for specifically for the square thing uh, in fact it has a bonus boss from final fantasy i believe i don't remember who it is it might be rama uh i thought it was just that uh the bonus boss of mario rpg like looked like it could have been a final fantasy boss his name is culex uh it doesn't mention anything Okay, yeah, he's an allusion to Final Fantasy, but he is And shares from. his name with a genus of mosquitoes, which is the first thing I found when Google searching that. <laughs> uh, and apparently the music is a rearrangement of a boss battle theme from Final Fantasy IV. Okay. So, it's, it's at least music from the Final Fantasy. And when you beat him, it plays the Final Fantasy victory th jingle instead of the Mario RPG victory jingle. That's kind of neat. We probably won't be fighting him. Though maybe, who knows? I don't know. I have it on good authority we won't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know a lot about this game outside of uh, Gino. People want Gino in Smash, and uh, Mallow is probably in Smash. So... <laughs> Other than that, I don't know anything about it. I also know that Yoko Shimomura did the soundtrack of this game, and she's cool. This was one of her earlier ones, in fact. 
Uh, sort of. I believe this was one of her first projects at Square. Yeah. Um, she had already obviously done Street Fighter 2 before this over at Capcom. But, uh... This was, I think, the first big project that she was put on. Obviously, now she's known for Kingdom Hearts, but Kingdom Hearts didn't exist at this point. So, you know. Basically, same thing. Uh, in fact, yeah, it's looking like uh, Live Alive, I guess, was her first big project, but Mario RPG would have been her first, like, uh, would have been her first internationally known game. Because I'm going to assume Live Alive was not super huge overseas, considering uh, it didn't come out overseas. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, it's I, I know of the soundtrack and I've heard... Well, I know of one song on the soundtrack because it's the one everybody talks about, which is Beware the Forest Mushrooms. Yeah, it's, it's the one. That's the, that's the song that we hear about. I I don't know. We'll see. But uh, other than that, I think that's all I got to say about this game that we're definitely going to play. Yeah. <laughs> so, with that, you can follow us on Twitter at Smashterpieces. We're also on Facebook and YouTube under the same name. You can also find us on our website at anondino.squarespace.com. That's where you can find direct downloads and stuff. And if that address is too much for you, too long, which, totally get it, too many dots, you can go to nintendoworldreport.com, where we also post the episodes, and that'll give you a direct link to the main website. On the website, you can also find the show that I do with our editor, Peter, who you can follow on Twitter at PeteSpeakEasy, uh, and tell him he's doing a good job. We do a show called Original Sound Chat, which is basically just the soundtrack section of this show, but in a whole show. Yeah, I think it's pretty neat. And other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dabaga, you can follow Matt at Grimace Do Menace, and we are streaming every Thursday. <laughs> I don't know if that'll have changed by the time we hit April. It's October. Yeah. Yeah. But we stream at twitch.tv slash Nintendo World Report. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and with that, my name is Joe. And my name is Matt. We will see you definitely next time when we play Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. It was funny that like back to back we recorded episodes about the ex-parasites and the flood. And so uh, this came to us with the, the blessing of Xbox Game Pass. Blessed may it be. Uh, Man, I it, sure hope it hasn't completely shat the bed since <laughs> once this goes up. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to cut this stuff out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like to break. <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh... <laughs> Game Pass. <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> this whole this whole episode is a mistake. <laughs>
Uh, but so yeah, Halo, um, it was one of the most influential first-person shooters of all time. 